0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is everything you need for tips, tricks, and things to just be generally awesome. I'm your host, Amanda. And I'm your host, Claire. And this is RDH Bites. All right, everyone. Well, this is clear. And I have an awesome guest. And actually, how I found about this guest is because she emailed me saying, hey, have you heard about my podcast? We'd love to share with the students. And I looked at it, I listened to it, and I thought it was just fabulous our students to learn. So let me introduce you our guest today. Her name is Billy Lunt, RDH, has a bachelor's degree, first of all, from Southern New Hampshire University, a master's degree in public health and education from University of Bridgeport, is a full-time faculty currently in New Hampshire, NHTI, and has been an educator for a long time, and as I said, has her own podcast. It is called The Happy Flosser. Go check it out. And here we are. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Claire. Yeah, it's exciting just because I know you are an educator and you love teaching the students through your podcast. And obviously at school as well. So, Billy, is that okay if we just jump right into what we have to know? That sounds great. Yes. All right. So, what are we going to learn today?
1: Today, we're going to be learning about the gingival
0: assessment. Big words, gingival assessments. I don't know if that scares anybody. It's quite a lot of things that's going on other than just looking at the gingiva, saying, is it healthy or not, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, the gingival assessment, it's a really critical step in the early stages of the learning. And it's one of the steps that the students perform during their clinical assessment. It's kind of an information gathering step in the patient assessment. The gingival assessment provides you, the clinician, with an overview of the absence or the presence of disease. And it can really help you focus your attention on your next steps moving forward in the rest of your clinical assessment. I always tell our students that the tissue tells a story and it's one of the first steps in understanding your patient's oral health status. That's a great
0: way to put it. Yeah, it's the first step, it tells tells a story, love it.
1: (laughs) Yes, Dr. Wayne Dyer says, if you change the way you look at things, the way you look at things will change. And I encourage students to change the way that they look at the tissue for sure. So, in this episode, we'll review each of the clinical markers, the descriptors that we use in our clinical notes, and the indicators of both health and disease states that are seen in the clinical setting.
0: All right. Well, I just want to say to our listeners, too, that general assessment wasn't important, obviously, in the clinical setting, but it's also in the national boards and also the regional, the CSCE or the REB, the OSCE, for example. Why? Because you will be presented with a case study format many times. And in those case studies, you will have descriptions of the gingiva. You will have pictures. You will have charts. And obviously all those tell a story about the patient. And from those, you know, combined with other pieces of information, you will have to solve the case study. That's why it's really important to know this, not just as kind of the basic side portion of the national board of examination, but really for the case study. So please, one thing I would like to say is when you're listening to this right now, listen to the keywords, write down the keywords because a lot of cases in the case studies, they give you the keywords such as like stipples or coral pink or, you know, things like that. So those are your marks. And also I want you to start imagining, you know, what Billy's going to tell you. All right.
1: That's a really great point, Claire. There's lots of different case studies in their board exams, and this is all really important, relevant information. It's important for the student to be able to recognize, describe, and really accurately document the characteristics of the gingiva in both a healthy patient and in the presence of disease. This is such an important skill for students to be able to perform a gingival assessment in the clinical setting And then be able to formulate a concise written description of the condition that they see when they look at the gingiva.
0: Yeah. So there's a bunch of things we have to note, right? It's not just the color or, well, I'm not going to give it away, but there are many things. So what is it that we have to note in the gingival assessment?
1: Yeah. So you as the clinician should be evaluating the color, the size, the shape the consistency, the texture, and then note if there's any bleeding or exudate present. You also want to note if there is recession and consider the look of the mucogingival junction. It's really important to note if there are any areas where there is a thin band of attached gingiva. And in our clinical setting, we typically note if this band is two millimeters or less in size. These character traits should be observed, assessed, described, and well-documented. And when you are learning how to look at the gingiva, you should have a clear understanding of what each characteristic is and what those characteristics look like in a healthy patient. And I find that that's the best way to learn the descriptors. You also want to look at what the tissue looks like in a patient with disease present. It'll be really helpful for you when you are learning to look at the clinical markers, if you can picture the healthy patient and the patient in the presence of disease. There are specific clinical markers that correlate, and it'll make sense when you work with more patients that have variety and a varying level of disease states. Think of your gingival assessment as a written narrative or story of what you see when you look at the tissue. When you describe the clinical appearance during the gingival assessment, additional considerations can be looked at, and that will help sharpen your focus beyond those clinical markers and consider the causes that are associated with doing your gingival assessment.
0: And as you mentioned, there are lots of them. So you mentioned color, size, shape, consistency, texture and bleeding or exudate. That reminds me a little bit of when we're doing also or our intraoral, extraoral assessment when we see a pathology. You know, we need to know the size, the shape, the consistency, the texture, and all of those too. But we're talking about gingival assessment right now. So should we start with colors and more details? Because I remember when I was at school, one of those keywords that they give you is say coral pink. And we had a this come to lecture to us And he was honest. He's like, I have no clue what coral pink looks like. You know, he reminded (laughs) me of when you go to the store and buy nail polish, you know, it's like coral pink. There's like slightly darker pink, slightly more purple pink. There's slightly more, you know, orange pink. It kind of looks like that to me because those shades are very, uh, very subtle. So, you know, with you, I would love to learn more about how we determine the color and see if the patient is in health or not.
1: That's a really great point, Claire. And I like your analogy of all the different colors of nail polish. And I think this is one of the biggest challenges that students have when they first start taking a look. At the color. So when we start with color, because I think color is a really challenging one. So in health, and it's always good to start with what a healthy patient looks like so that you can go from there. In health, the color is described as pale pink. And it's important to note that in some patient populations of darker complexions, they may present with melanin pigmentation. And this is really common in a healthy mouth of Asians, African-Americans, Indians, or Caucasians of Mediterranean descent. Some of the other factors that influence the presentation of color is the thickness of the epithelium, the vascular supply, and also the degree of keratinization that could be present. The color of the gingiva can appear different when there is a change in the disease state. So for example, in a chronic inflammation situation, the color can appear darker red, bluish red, magenta or even deep blue. When you have an acute area of inflammation, the color can appear bright red. Now, it's important to note that changes in the color may involve only the marginal gingiva or the papilla, and changes that involve both the marginal gingiva and the papilla are noted as diffuse color changes. So, these are things that you want to be thinking about when you're looking at the color.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so If I may say something just to recap to especially our test takers, let's not just look at the marginal gingiva, just also look at the papilla, you know, because the call changes might be together as you call it diffuse or, you know, can be separate depending on the stage of the disease. And one thing that just came in my mind is let's just think about for a second, why is it more red when a patient has a disease? It's because of inflammation, right? Blood just, is, there's more blood basically in the tissues.
1: Absolutely. And this is why it's so important when you're first learning about the gingival assessment for students to really take a good look at the color because that you're going to build on that information as you do more of the assessment. And the gingiva tells you the story about what other things you may discover. So that's a really good point.
0: Great. All right. Now we have the color down and I just had to quickly look at myself in the camera now because for a second, you mentioned, you know, a healthy muscle. Asians, you know, can have a slightly different color. I just thought to myself, like, what is my healthy color? Or I'm, (laughs) I think I'm healthy. So what is my color? You know, can look a little different than. As you said, other races, and that's totally normal. That's just the way it is, skin pigmentation. Okay, I'm going to look at the mirror later. Now let's continue. (laughs) What else should we know in the gingival descriptions? Yeah, so one of the next clinical markers
1: to discuss is the size of the gingiva. Now, the size of the free gingiva in a healthy patient can be described as knife-edged or flat, not enlarged at all, and it fits really snug around the tooth. And for students, it may even be challenging to get a probe to insert past the gingival margin. So consider what that looks like. The width of the attached gingiva in health varies among patients and different tooth types as well. There is a range of attached gingiva size of about one to nine millimeters. So think about the variations there. And while it's wider on the maxillary arch and typically narrowest around the canines and premolar areas, the size of the gingiva in a disease state can appear really different where there is a change in health. So it's always about comparing healthy versus unhealthy for things to stand out for you when you're looking things over.
0: I just wanted to mention here, sorry to cut you off, something just came to my mind, and I keep doing this. I listen and I'm like, ah. Oh. Just really important to note that the attached gingiva, the width of it is, you said, a little narrow. We don't have as much in the canines and the premolars, right? Yes. And I'll be honest, I have recession. Where is it in the canines and premolars? It's just, I guess, normal mastication. Depends on what you eat, depend on how you brush, you know, depend on things like that.
1: Yeah, that's a really important point to bring up. And that would lead to an entirely new podcast about occlusion and and the forces that go on in those areas that kind of lend itself to those recession areas. That's for another day, Claire. That's
0: a good awesome, <laughs> awesome though. So we will hear that for sure then. And yeah, so you were talking about the size of the gingiva and, and the papilla, I think you were going to mention. Yeah, so the papilla can
1: become enlarged and the call area around the tooth can deepen. And this can also be a localized situation or a generalized situation, just like when we were talking about color. The size of the gingiva can also be influenced by medications. There are some medications that can change the size of the gingiva and clinicians should understand this correlation, which also is a topic for another podcast and something that you get into as a student when you take pharmacology.
0: Great, great. And you know, what I, what fascinates me is like, there's no regular gingiva. Like our gingiva is not one bend that's like, even. You know, it's its own thing. There's thinner areas, there's thicker areas. It's not one size fits all, even in complete health. All right, Billy, what's next?
1: The next clinical marker is the shape or the contour of the gingiva. And this can appear really different with the presence of disease. In health, the shape of the free gingiva flows as a scallop line around each tooth with that knife edge or even slightly rounded but it's closely adapted to the tooth. The shape of the papilla in health is pointed and it fills that embrasure space and appears very flat. Now in disease, the free gingiva can appear rolled or rounded and the papilla can appear blunted, flattened, or cratered. So these are your descriptors.
0: It can even be missing. Great, great. Just I just want you to note like those words: blunted, flattened, cratered, and missing. You're definitely going to see those descriptions when you have case studies. Those can also appear in your session one, which is your basic science. If you are in Canada, it's called kind of all mixed up. But you know what I would invite you to do is go back to your textbook and kind of really look like at what blunted looks like, what flattened looks like, what cratered look like. There's slight variation of each other as a train, you know, a dental professional, it's easier for us to recognize. But in the beginning, it might be a little hard to say, is, am I looking at blunted or am I looking at crater? You know, because again, it's a very slight, it was very subtle difference when you look at it. So, you know, the description again is really important and also match them with their images, as I said. And I think that'll go really far. So if you want a little bit more homework, this is it. (laughs) All right, Billy, I know you have more for us. We're not done describing the gingiva, right? Oh, not at all. So the next thing we look at is the
1: consistency of the gingiva. And the consistency is a clinical marker that you see in a healthy patient, and it appears very firm. And when you have a disease state, the consistency can be described as soft. So I try to tell students, if you take a probe and you gently press it against the free gingiva with the side of the probe, it can appear soft and spongy and dent really easily. So picture that. And this can be related to acute stages of inflammation with an increase in the infiltration of fluid into the tissue. The tissue at that point would be described as red, smooth, and shiny. Now can you see how soft and spongy go together? And when you're discussing clinical markers, it's really common to see enlarged marginal gingiva and bleeding on probing consistent with a disease state. So sometimes the tissue in a disease state can also appear firm when it's pressed with the side of the probe. And this can be really hard for students. It can reveal chronic inflammation of fibrotic tissue. Now This tissue, this is also very tough for students at first when they're learning, can actually appear pink in color and be stippled. And it's important to know that this is common with our tobacco smoking populations where disease can be masked by the color, shape, and the consistency of the tissue. And this is something you really want to be aware of as a clinician.
0: Okay, so big word here, which is smoking. You know, smoking is a risk factor, you know that already for parental diseases. But you know, the it it just masks, you know, you're not gonna have the bright red appearance that you have when you are in a disease state. So it's gonna be tricky. So look for those keywords as well. If the patient is smoking, you're looking at the picture of the gingiva, you might not see what you actually, you know, thought in your head. So and also, one thing I would like to say is you said you press the probe against the gingiva on the side. Am I correct? Yes, very
1: slightly. You can actually use the side of the probe to see how the tissue responds for sure.
0: I see. So, pressing against the walls. Yes. Wonderful. Honestly, I don't think I've been taught that when I was at school per se. So this is awesome. All right.
1: It's really helpful, Claire. It kind of gives students a real visual when they're first learning how to put all of the different parts of the gingival assessment together.
0: All right. So I would say the firmness of the tissue can help you really understand what's going on, acute or chronic disease. And if I can spoil our listener, now we're going to talk about texture. Now, how, te- how is texture different than consistency? Oh, yes.
1: Yeah. So we'll we'll get into that. So
0: always looking at health
1: versus disease. So in health, the tissue texture is smooth in the area of the free gingiva. Around the attached gingiva, it is stippled as well as in the areas of the interdental papilla regions. It can be described as resilient, right? So think about what resilient tissue looks like. Many textbooks describe the texture of stippled as an orange peel look. And I think you mentioned that early on in the podcast recording. And now think about in the presence of disease, the texture may take on a smooth and shiny surface with a loss of that stippled effect on the tissue. And so with hyperkeratosis, the texture may appear leathery even or hard or nodular. And when we look at chronic disease, the tissue may be hard and fibrotic with the normal pink color and deep stippling. So in this state, the tissue does not bleed on probing. Bleeding and exudate are indicators of the presence of disease, and we know as clinicians that in disease states, there is an increase in the gingival crevicular fluid in the sulcus. The amount of the gingival crevicular fluid that exudes from the pocket is not an indicator of the extent of disease, probably because we can't really see it. It's merely a clinical indicator of the presence of disease, and you should note it.
0: Okay, so orange pill back to that orange. You know, there's some, I guess, round areas and that's what makes it kind of the orange pill. And that is because of the gingival fibers, right? They're pulling the tissue basically. And that those are kind of the anchors. So that's why it shows on your gingiva that way. That's why it doesn't look when in health, you know, smooth or anything, because you have those nice tissue fibers actually pulling. Absolutely. You know, tightly. That's why when you have healthy tissue, you cannot put the probe. It's, it's difficult to you know insert the probe because the tissue is very tight. And when there's a disease, it's it's easier. the the mark It's there's more gap, and you say there's a gingival curricular fluid. And I just want to say there's a good reason why all this is happening is because the body is actually trying to protect itself, prevents itself, just like inflammation. It's not just You know, the body is not trying to do harm when there's inflammation. What happens is actually it's opened the blood vessels and the blood vessels is going to provide all those, I guess, fighters for the body, you know, including the neutrophils and macrophages and all of that. They come in and they act, and they're trying to remove the bad stuff. So, you know, I just wanted to say all of those things that are happening in the patient, Come from, you know, something a little deeper and that could very well be bacteria. You know, if we're in the disease state, it actually could also come from other things, pre-existing conditions like diabetes. It could also come from medication. I know you mentioned pharmacology as well. So. And I just wanted our students to think about the bigger context because, again, when you have a case study, you're not just going to get gingival assessment and gingival description. They're going to be tied to something else, which is a disease or pharmacology or other things that have happened in their life.
1: That's such a great point, Claire. And you're absolutely correct. That That's why I say the tissue tells us a story and kind of leads us in the direction Of really understanding what our patient is presenting with when they sit in our dental chair. And there's so much more to the story than just looking at these clinical markers. Because once you look at the clinical markers, the next layer is, okay, now what do they mean? And what am I discovering? Because we are detectives during our assessment phase of the appointment. We're trying to understand and discover what our patient is presenting with. And the gingiva helps us, one of the first steps at helping us understand not only what the patient is presenting with in their mouth, but also that systemic relation of what might be going on in other areas. And so this is why it's so important for us to allow the tissue to tell us a story. That's a good point.
0: All right, well, now we found out the story. There's just a little bit more to it, right? There's a few other things we need to document. Absolutely. When you are documenting your gingival
1: assessment, there are a few things you want to keep in mind. Localized means that there is it's limited to the gingiva adjacent to a single tooth or just a small group of teeth. Generalized means that there's a clinical marker that is evident in all areas of the mouth. Marginal means that there is a clinical marker confined to the marginal gingiva. Papillary means that it's confined to the papilla. Diffuse refers to a clinical marker which involves the marginal gingiva and the papilla. Discrete means that it is an isolated sessile or tumor-like enlargement in one particular area.
0: Awesome. Oh, see those the few keywords that happened again today. Well, right now, generalized, localized, I think, as a student or even as a clinician, this is pretty self-explanatory at this point. Really, in the textbook, you know, 30%, that's what they go about when you're saying localized and generalized, right? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. If it's greater than 30%.
1: And I know just to to just make a note here, sometimes when our students are learning gingival assessment, that's also complicated for them because they're usually confined to one area of the mouth when they're first learning and they're not looking at the whole mouth. So it's 30% of the area that they're evaluating. So as they get through their program and they're looking at the whole mouth, the 30% is a general rule for sure.
0: Wonderful. All right, Billy, this is, I think, the highlight. And I hope you're all still here because Billy has something very special for us. This never happened. <laughs> so I'm, you should be excited. Please pay attention. This is special. The stage is all yours. Oh, thank you, Claire. Yes. Yeah, so students,
1: learn best by things that rhyme or little, you know, analogies of things. So I wrote a poem about the gingival assessment to help students with their learning. So let me read this poem to you and share it with you. It's one of my favorites. Let the tissue tell the story and guide you in the right direction of the presence of health, disease, or active infection. The size, shape, and color will provide you with a clue. The radiographs and probe depths will help you determine what you need to do. The key is to know the clinical markers that make the connection to help you with your assessment and properly treat those who present with infection. Use your books and lots of pictures to put it all together. With lots of practice and clinical exposure, you'll just get better and better. Beware of the smoker who presents with tissue that is pink. The story told by that tissue is not always what you think.
0: <gasps> Yay, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is wonderful. amazing. You wrote this. I did, I did. Can you tell us what, you know, how you wrote this, like what was going on in your mind? Was it after kind of what you you scripted, you know, what you said you were going to teach?
1: Well, Claire, I write poems about almost every topic in my life. And so I just, some days I just feel like writing a poem. And the day that I wrote my gingival assessment podcast, I wrote this poem as if I was talking to the students. And I, I write poems about all kinds of topics, mostly around teeth, <laughs> right? So it helps students. It makes learning fun. I notice it does that with my kids as well. So I think you can write a poem about just about any topic.
0: What a talent. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Such a delight. <laughs> I just, you know, I, oh my God, this, this can't be, you know, a better podcast, you know, than this because we, you know, we we not only learn but we had really a little special something for us and then i don't know if anybody wants to try this this actually sounds like a fun exercise if your brain is stuck or you know want to just do a little bit something different with i don't know or path that you just learned i'm sure billy will have some more for us some other time <laughs> thank you this has been amazing what a good um, cast billy today
1: Oh, Claire, I was so happy to meet up with you and what you're doing for students is remarkable. And so I'm in the presence of greatness and I appreciate it.
0: Oh, well, so am I. Thank you so much for saying that. I see your heart, you know, not just heart, knowledge and passion for education. So again, Billy's podcast called The Happy Flosser, I think it's kind of very similar concept to what we do over here as well. Just you know, if you're driving or if you you want to take a break from studying, but still kind of want to study because, you know, you are that high achiever, you know, those podcasts are for you. And, you know, please share with your friends. Okay. If you like it, just tell them to go to Happy Flosser or RDH Bites. And if you have questions, we're always here. We're going to support you until the end of your You know successful journey so uh, that's it my friends and Billy thank you so much for being here with us today oh it's a pleasure Claire thank you so much for having me Mm -hmm. I would love to see if we can get a few more poems and knowledge you know with our audience over here too so we'll have a separate conversation absolutely everybody have a great day hey everybody this is your co-host Amanda with a quick announcement Have you looked at our VIP package yet? This has everything you need to help pass your national board exam. Whether you live in the United States, Canada, or really anywhere, our VIP package has something for everybody. We have recorded lectures, live lectures, curated and calibrated content made just for you to help you pass. Visit us today at studentrdh.com to sign up and for more information. See you next time.